This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. I want you to take your copy of God's Word, whatever you have, and I want you to stand. Can we do that? You take your copy of God's Word, whatever you have, and we're standing today. And I'm going to begin a new series of messages entitled, The Holy Spirit is for You. The Holy Spirit is for You series. And uh, I've been preaching for decades. I've been preaching for decades. And uh, I've heard a lot of preaching. And many times I've heard preaching about God. I've heard preaching about Jesus. But I haven't heard much about the Holy Spirit haven't heard much about the Holy Spirit. And uh, maybe I haven't preached much about the Holy Spirit. But uh, I'll tell you this, team. A relationship with the Holy Spirit changed my life. Changed my life. To the point that He's all that matters. A relationship with the Holy Spirit. I were a uh, Scripture readings found in Ephesians 5.18. This is what it says. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing. <laughs> singing. Somebody said, Brother Benny, do you sing? I sing good, but I sound bad. A sing baritone. You can barely bear the tone. All right. Look, and making melody in your heart to the Lord. By the way, folks, wait. He's the one we're singing to anyway. He's the one we're singing to. It's got nothing to do but singing to him. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wait. The next verse says for a wife to submit to her husband. But before he said that, he said for the husband to submit to the wife. So a, a husband and wife are supposed to submit to each other black ink on white paper that's what the Bible teaches we're supposed to submit to each other well how on earth can you do with that well don't go to sleep during this sermon and I'm going to tell you don't go to sleep stay with me I want to take a little while and I want to talk to you about why every Christian needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit why every Christian needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, Pastor Benny, who do you uh, who do you read after? Like, who do you like to read? You know, these these books, you know, and these podcasts, and what do you really like to listen to, Pastor Benny? Well, let me tell you something. Most of the people <laughs> that I enjoy listening to are either dead or almost dead. 
I'm just being honest. They're either dead or almost dead. J. Vernon McGee. Anybody ever heard of J. Vernon McGee? Oh, goodness gracious. Preaching machine. J. Vernon McGee was in his 80s preaching at Dallas Theological Seminary. And J. Vernon McGee said these words. He said, if I could do my ministry over, I would preach more on the Holy Spirit. And I would teach the people to depend on his power more. I would preach more on the Holy Spirit. And I would teach people to depend on his power more. See, there are three groups of people. One group is the group that does not know Christ. They're lost. They're, they're just lost. They, they don't know Christ. I was in that group at one time. Perhaps you were. Perhaps you are now. But you just don't know Christ. Lost is last year's Easter egg. You're just lost. Amen? So, so there's lost people. But let me, let me tell you the second group. That's people that have received the Lord. They've received the Lord. They've received the Holy Spirit, but never really totally surrendered their life to him. They, they, may, have been a, they may have did this as a young kid, but they, they never really totally surrendered their life. What they really wanted was fire insurance. They just wanted to make sure they didn't go to hell. So they just wanted fire insurance. Now, I got to be honest with you, folks. I needed more than fire insurance. Yes, uh, I, needed, I needed Jesus. But I needed Jesus to get me out of hell. But I needed to deepen my life so he could get the hell out of me. Are we Okay. And then there's the third group. That's the group. They received the Lord. They received the Lord. And they total surrender themselves to the Lord. And they walk and they're controlled by the Holy Spirit. They walk and they're controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to see four things, four simple things. Number one, the command to be filled with the Spirit. Let's, let's look at what the Bible says. Be not drunk with wine. Now, I want to ask you something, folks. When you read that verse, when you read that verse, do you think that God wants us to get drunk? Do you? I mean, think about it, folks. Be not drunk with wine. Or look, it could just as easily say Budweiser. <laughs> now, now, let me tell you something, folks. You know what most people want in preaching? They, they really don't want preaching. They want ammunition. And what I mean by ammunition, they want ammunition for what they already believe. And if the preacher says something contrary to what they believe, I don't like that preaching. Now, wait, you're missing my point. Be not drunk with wine. So, so God does not want us to be drunk. 
Now, I, I, I'm not one of these preachers. Let me, let me clarify something. I don't think if a person t has a drink that they're, they're, that they're going to go to hell. I, I don't believe that. Somebody said, Pastor Benny, do you drink? No, no, I, I don't. You said, well, what, what, what is your motivation for, for, for not drinking? This is what I read. I read an ounce of alcohol kills 10,000 brain cells, and I decided I don't need it. And some of you shouldn't laugh so loud because I've been around you and you don't either. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen at Rock Springs Church. Amen? <laughs> now look, God's pretty adamant. Benny, Helen, Leroy, don't be drunk. But wait, he's just as adamant when he said, Benny, you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Spirit. Now, now wait. Paul wrote this to the church at Ephesus. He spent three years there. He made three visits there. He didn't write this to lost people. He said to Christian people, you need to be filled with the Spirit. Now wait. And be not drunk with wine, when he success, but be ye filled. Wait. He didn't say for the super saints. He didn't say for Mother Teresa. He didn't say for Billy Graham. He said for every one of us. And get this, folks. When he said, be filled with the Spirit, that's in the present tense. That means it's continual. It's continual. That every one of us need to be constantly seeking God in such a fashion that we're filled with God's Spirit. That we're filled with God's Spirit. There's a command, and the command said to be filled. There's nothing worse than a full church of half full people. Nothing worse. That's a good tweet, by the way. There's nothing worse than a full church of half full people. And God has commanded us, not lost people, but Christian people, to be filled with the Spirit. Now get this. Not only the command, but what are the conditions, Pastor? What are the conditions for being filled with God's Spirit? Number one, you have to desire it. There has to be a desire. You have to reach the point that you say, listen, I've tried to fill this emptiness with this. I've tried to fill this emptiness with that. I've tried to fill this emptiness with everything, but after I get it, I'm still empty. It's got to begin with desire. I, I'm empty. I'm mechanical. I'm going through the motions. But I need more. I'm so dry. It begins with desire. But then you have to denounce sin. D.L. Moody said, before we pray God fill us, we should pray God empty us. Before we pray God fill us, we should pray God 
God, empty us. God, you can't fill me until I empty myself of some things in my life. You can't fill me, God, till I deal with some things in my life. Norman Vincent Peale, he was Donald Trump's pastor. And I heard Norman Vincent Peale tell this story. He said when he was a little boy, he was slipping and smoking a, a cigar. And I know what some of you are thinking. My God, he's on everything today. <laughs> I'm not on it. I'm not, I'm not on it. I mean, uh, uh, but, but if you smoke, you ought to quit. Because they're killers that run in packs. Amen. I, I trust you can't. She said, well, no, wait, Pastor, can you go to heaven and smoke? Yes. You'll just get there before the rest of us. But, you... <laughs> but he, he had this cigar, and his dad came up just like I did as a boy when I would slip around and smoke camels without filters. But here he was with a cigar, and his dad comes up, and he tries to hide it. And there's a billboard, and on that billboard, it's this advertising the circus. And he said, Daddy, trying to distract his daddy, can we go to the circus? And his daddy said, Son, I've learned to never petition your father while holding a smoldering disobedience in your hand. I've learned to never petition your father while holding a smoldering disobedience in your hand. See, God wants to fill us. But many times there's things that we need to empty before God before he can fill us. You've got a desire. You've got to denounce sin. And thirdly, you've got to dedicate yourself fully. You give God full control, fully. A.W. Tozer said, the Holy Spirit will never fill a man or woman who refuses to give up or over to him full control of their lives. Keep one compartment of your life back from the Holy Spirit, and it grieves him that he cannot go any further. I want you to understand something. At conversion, we have the Holy Spirit. But when you fully surrender, the Holy Spirit has you. And what God wants from you, what God wants from me, is fully surrendered the most miserable person on earth is not a lost person. The most miserable person on earth is the Christian that's trying to straddle the fence. Let me tell you something. Victory comes when we fully surrender. I want you to see something. I want you to see the third thing. That's the consequences of being filled with the Spirit. What happens, Pastor? What happens when a 
man or woman is filled. Well, look what verse 18 says. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Now look at verse 19. Singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Get this. When we're filled with the Spirit, you'll have gladness in your life. That's what verse 19 says. If you're always grumbling, you're always negative, you're always disheartened, it's a good indicator that you're not spirit-filled because God gives gladness. I know people that are so negative, if they walked into a dark room, they'd develop. Amen? Listen, I've been pastoring decades. I've known people that are in the church. I've been their pastor. And they're so negative, they'd give an aspirin a headache. <laughs> Gladness. Let me tell you something else. When you're spirit-filled, you have gratefulness. Look what verse 20 says. Giving thanks always in all things. Helen Keller said, I wish... Every man or woman could be blind for one day because they'd never take their sight for granted again. I wish every man or woman could be blind for one day because they'd never take their sight for granted again. Let me tell you something, folks. When we're filled with God's Spirit, you've got gladness, you've got gratefulness, but let me show you something else. You've got graciousness. Look what verse 21 says. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Verse 22 says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. Verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives. Galatians 6 and 1 says, children, obey your parents. There's a thought. Ephesians 6 and 5 says, employers, you be good to your employees. And it also says, employees, you be good to your employers. If we do what the Bible teaches, we wouldn't need a labor union, by the way. Right. You say, Pastor, how do you do these things? It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, folks, sometimes you uh, hear a sermon and it blesses your heart. That's wonderful. But can I be honest? Sometimes you hear a sermon and it busts your hide. Amen? Somebody say, oh, Pastor, you got on my toes. No, 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 I didn't get on your toes. If I was going to aim for a body part, it wouldn't be your toes. No preacher gets on your toes. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that deals with our hearts. And I read this from Tom Anderson. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Tom said this, and stick with me. Just stick with me. We're almost done. He said, I made a vow to myself on the drive down to the vacation beach cottage 
for two weeks, I'm going to be a loving husband and father. He said, I heard this sermon, and I decided that's what I need to be because the Bible teaches for husbands to love their wives. And He said, so I made up my mind for two weeks I was going to be that kind of man. He said, I, I, I made up my mind that I was going to be more thoughtful. I was not going to fuss on my wife, Evelyn, for being tardy. And I was going to let her have the remote control every once in a while. And I was going to let her read the magazines. And I was just going to be different. And he said, I, I just knew I needed to be different. And he said, for two weeks, all that was going to change. And it did. He said, right from the moment I kissed Evelyn at the door, and I said to Evelyn, Evelyn, that new sweater looks great on you. Oh, Tom, you noticed. She said, surprised and pleased, and maybe a little shocked, shocked. After the long drive, I wanted to sit and read, but Evelyn said, what, what about a walk on the beach? I started to refuse, and then I thought, well, Evelyn's been home all week with the kids. Maybe I could go for a walk with her. We walked on the beach while the kids flew the kites. So it went. Two weeks of not calling constantly back to work. I went to visit a museum with her that I hate museums. Holding my tongue while Evelyn's getting ready made us late for dinner, but I just held my tongue. Relaxed and happy, that's how the whole vacation passed. I made a new vow that I was going to do what the preacher said, and I was going to choose to love. There was one thing that went wrong with this experiment. On the last night, as Evelyn was preparing for bed, she had the saddest look on her face. I said, Evelyn, what's wrong? She said with her voice in distress, Tom, do you know something I don't? What do you mean? Well, that checkup I had several weeks ago, our doctor, did he tell you something about me? Tom, you've been so good to me. Tom, am I dying? He said, Evelyn, you're not dying. I just started living. Now, folks, let me tell you something. Come up real close. You can't be the husband you need to be. You can't be the wife you need to be. You can't be the parents you need to be. You can't be the grandparents you need to be without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't. There's, 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 no, there's no good in this flesh. Have no confidence in this flesh. The power's through the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, here's what I want you to do. I'm almost done. But I want to give you the context of being spirit-filled. The context. Why, why Pastor Benny? Like with, with myself. Why is it so important that I'm filled with God's Spirit. Look here. Because of your calling, I want you to understand something. Every one of you, listen to me. 
God has a calling on your life. And you will burn out unless you do your calling in the power of the Holy Spirit. On Pentecost, they spoke with different languages. And there was no explanation outside of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I want you to understand something. When we're led by the Holy Spirit and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to do things that there'll be no explanation for. Things will happen in your life that there's no explanation for, and it's going to be because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need the Holy Spirit because of your calling. You'll get frustrated. You'll get burnt out. You'll quit. You won't last unless you do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. People will bark at you. People will bite at you. People will discourage you. I've never been swallowed by a whale, but I've been nibbled to death by brim. I promise you, and it will happen in your life. You may not be swallowed by a whale, but you'll be nibbled to death by brim. And that's why you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because of your calling, but I'm done. Because of conquer. Because of conquer. Let, let me give you something to think about. God gave the Ten Commandments. God said, look, don't you bear false witness. Don't lie. Don't lie. You know why God said don't lie? Because you destroy relationships when you lie. You destroy relationships. It takes years, many times can never be regained. Don't lie. Don't you steal. Don't, 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 don't commit adultery. Don't do it. Somebody said, Pastor Benny, I, I'll break the commandments. No, you listen to me very closely. You won't break the commandments. The commandments will break you. I'll promise you, when you break them, they're going to break you. And it's going to kill things in your life. I promise you that. But look, God told them not to do those things. By what power were they not to do them? He just told them not to do it. Now look, folks, we've got standards. But we have power. Acts 1 and 8 said, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit. See, it's not in your strength to overcome. It's not in your tenacity and your ability. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how you conquer things. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Romans 8 and 13 said, through the Holy Spirit, you mortify the deeds of the body. You deaden them. 
through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you something, folks. I'm really ashamed to admit, and I'm done. I'm really ashamed to admit this. I know what it is to be drunk. You say, you do, Pastor? Uh Uh-huh, sad to say I do. Uh, For you young people, I pray you never experience that. You're not missing anything, by the way. No, you're not missing anything. But you know, this is what I learned. To stay drunk, you got to keep drinking. Amen? Some of you can identify. To stay drunk, you got to keep drinking. (laughs) To stay filled, you got to keep drinking. You got to keep drinking. It's not a one and done. It's not a two and through. It's not a three and you're free. It's four and I just need more, more, more. Amen. You just got to keep drinking. Just got to keep drinking. You just got to keep drinking and saying, Lord, I come today, empty me of myself and fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. One day I was there at the house, and I had this thought. I thought, one day, I'm going to get to heaven, and you are too. One day, we're going to get to heaven. I just had this thought. I thought about those Old Testament saints that didn't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon them for certain tasks, and then he left. And I thought, one day, folks, we're going to get to heaven. And I'm going to walk up, and I'm going to say to Noah, Noah, what was it like to build a boat 450 feet long? (laughs) 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. What was it like? What was it like, Noah, to see rain for the very first time? I'm going to say to Moses, Mo. What was it like to lay that rod out over the Red Sea and that jammy just parted? I'm going to say to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what was it like to go in that fiery furnace and you came out? Didn't even smell like smoke. Didn't even, well, you can't even go in the Waffle House and that happened. Didn't even, didn't even smell like smoke. What was it like? And this is what I've envisioned. I don't know if this is going to happen, but I've envisioned I'll start walking away. And maybe Mo, Moses will say, Benny, say, Moses, oh, Benny, what was it like? And I'd say, Moses, what do you mean? What was it like, Benny? Having the Holy Spirit inside you. What was it like, Benny? Having somebody to give you power over things that pull you down. What was it like, Benny, having somebody to guide you? What was it like having God inside you to teach you the Word? What was it like having God inside you to give you victory over things in life? What was it like having God inside you? What was it like? 
That's the privilege we have. That's the privilege you have. That's the privilege you have. So listen. You got to this old gray-headed preacher too late to tell me that if God be for us, who can be against us? You got to me too late because I know we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. You got to me too late because I know greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That's why every Christian needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.